what we're going to do is a bit, bit of a kind of a shotgun um, session. We'll just kind of throw a whole bunch of stuff out, share ourselves with you in, in hopefully some semi-coherent categories. <laughs> it's going to be a bit piecemeal. We just wanted to just lob a bunch of stuff out there and give you the opportunity to ask questions at the end. So um, that's, that's what we're going to do. I'll get, I'll get Sharon to kick us off. Do you want to um, introduce our family? Sure. Love to. Um, so Chris and I met in our early 30s. We were um, single for our 20s and um, there we were in our youth. <laughs> um, we've been married for 10 years and yeah, we were really thankful for the way God um, gave us our 20s as singles. We worked hard serving him um, the way you can when you're single and when we reached our 30s we were really thrilled and excited to meet one another. Um, we were set up by another minister and his wife who thought that we would work well together and so we met and we had dinner together at their house and just um, hit it off and were married six months later. She's only human, people. <laughs> She's only human. We just felt confident that God brought us together and we were ready. We were ready to get married so it was, it was really a lovely season of gazing into each other's eyes. Um, and so now we have three kids, as I mentioned earlier, Caleb, Hannah and Chloe. Um, yeah, their personalities are vastly different and life is really exciting um, and a little bit exhausting being their parents, but they're beautiful and yeah, we're very grateful for them. Um, so we'd been married for a little while and we just had our first, um, oh, that's, that's some of the other family shots. You're the crew. Um, when um, when we'd had our first kid, Caleb, he was about four weeks old. This is when we moved to Foster. So this was um, our team heading up the coast, and we went with um, a small group of friends from um, here at Narrabeen. And um, just before the first service, this is what um, Coast DC looked like, and we're hoping <laughs> someone would show up, basically. So. That was that was the plan, and God's been um, yeah. It's, it's been fun serving God together um, over the last seven years. Um, now the slides get really exciting because I'm I was in charge of this one, and all the ones that look like this I was in charge of. Oh, not at all. Um, yeah, so we were really excited when we moved up to Foster um, with our new little family. A lot of people said. Um, when we said we were leaving Sydney with a four-week-old, our first baby, they were saying, Whoa, what? What are you doing? Like, what kind of support have you got? And we were like, huh? What? What do you mean? Why do we want support? We've, we're just um, obeying God and doing what we feel he wants us to do, and off we go. <laughs> so, we were, yeah, full of excitement, and we just did it. We had no idea <laughs> of a lot of things, but it was, it was great. And some of the joys... Um, of serving together have been seeing God build the church. It's been a really, um, a really steady, gradual growth that's been um, manageable for us by God's grace. We've been able to handle the, the steady influx of people and it's been a real gift from God um, to grow us that way. Um, and some of the joys have been seeing lives really um, completely changed and people who are um, living a really rough um, worldly life seeing Jesus and completely changing the way they live and um, we get texts regularly from 
um, one of the beautiful women in our church who's become a Christian um, just one year ago. And she sends me these enormous texts and just talks about how she just read this passage and this is what Jesus has shown her and she just can't believe it. And the way she explains herself is so so well done and it's we, uh, we share these texts and we go oh text of the day and we enjoy seeing the growth and that's just um yeah an awesome example of one of the joys yeah the, the other great joy i have is seeing um god raise up the next generation so we have two uh, kids who finished high school last year doing a gap year with us we got to work out how to stem the flow of young adults out of our town so we invented something for them to keep them here and um <laughs> And one of the young guy, the 18-year-old guy, preached on Sunday night, his first sermon, and the, um, the girl who's doing the gap year was emceeing, and about a quarter of the staff where she works at a local restaurant, um, they've started coming to church too. And, and it's like, you look around, oh, there's like all the Sicilian staff here, and uh, they don't know it yet, they're probably going to have to shut down Sunday nights, this restaurant, because um, it's just really great seeing her um, share the gospel really gently and casually with her the colleagues and they started coming to church so yeah just seeing those young guys still it's been really joyful exciting eh check it <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at this honestly <laughs> <laughs> um so some of the challenges um of course you would understand the fishbowl um scenario where you're on display all the time and that is a certain amount of pressure that's just on your life. Um, it's funny because as a Christian it's how you want to be living for Jesus anyway but it's just a little bit intensified um, because you're out the front or you're um, having so many people in your home and that sort of thing. Um, something that I found as a new mum was um, I really felt pressure to have really well behaved kids and as I was a school teacher before um, I got married and we church planted, so I felt like I knew discipline really well as well and I'd seen many parents doing weird things and thought, you know, won't be like that. But um, yeah, so I expected the kids to behave. I felt like it was so important to um, be Christ-like and reflect, um, have, you know, be godly in the way we raised our kids and for the kids to reflect that so it was hard having normal kids. <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, yeah, and that, that was a really good learning curve for me to say, I can be blessing other people. When my child is having a tantrum in Woolies and they're saying, they're seeing that he's normal and that's what life is like. And having a perfect image is ridiculous and not helpful for anyone. So that's, that's been it. good for me. It's humbling when the kids' church leaders get together for a strategy meeting about your son... Um, your son, um, yes. Our son. Our son. <laughs> yes. Um, some of the challenges for me, um, uh, like I'm introverted by nature, so I love to recharge by myself. And being, sometimes I just get people out. I'm like, I just want to tap out. I'm, I'm done. And uh, then I go come home, and there's like three kids who want dad. And I'm like, how do I, how do I come home um, in a way that's actually going to be good and helpful for my kids? Um, so for, um, one of the strategies I have is I, I take the long way home. I drive past, I just drive past the beach and just look at the water for a minute, have a pray, 
they've got to help me come home well and just try and try and be ready to engage straight away but that's a that's a challenge for me because uh as an introvert, I would love home to just be like a cave with my cave woman. That'd be sweet. Um, but as having kids in, in a people kind of ministry, oh, that's, that's a challenge for me. I've got to try and work out how to, how to manage my own energies um, and save, save enough for, for my family and my kids. We've noticed that um, some families have kids where the kids grab a book and snuggle up on a bed and have a quiet read for a few hours and um, that sort of thing. We don't have that, those kinds of children. <laughs> so they're so excitable and they're so enthusiastic and so loving and they love um, just being in our presence, um, <laughs> which is awesome. But it's tiring when Chris has come home at the end of the day and he's exhausted. So we've really tried to work on strategies to allow... Um, him to have a moment, a bit of breathing space, and then fully engage with the children. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also to deal with that, uh, it's better for the kids to get me one-on-one, so to try and carve out some daddy dates, daddy, daddy time, and um, so me and the boy like to go and kind of scurry around the rock pools and go bush bashing and do some kind of little adventure. He thrives on the adventure, so that's fun. And the girls um, just want to like, have me colouring in. Or <laughs> I hate crafts so much. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, something that's real um, is new stress. When you're new in a town and you're meeting new people all the time, um, it's really tiring, it's really draining. And especially at the start of a church plant, you're seeing everyone you meet and like the checkout chicken, everyone, as potential um, for the kingdom. And so you're, you've got that enthusiasm, which is awesome. And, um, but it's long-term, it's, it's exhausting and it's tiring and um, you need to do it in Christ's strength, not on your own. Uh, one of the other challenges for me is sometimes feel lonely. Like I love hanging out with mates and just doing blokey stuff. And I don't get a whole lot of. I, I probably do get a. I, I do get a bit of it, but I, I'd like more of it. And um, yeah, so I've got to make an effort to uh, connect with my my good mates who I've got history with and do some fun stuff. So I've got to some sometimes come down to Sydney and like just get a dose of city. I've got to get a dose of like, you know, traffic lights and just just you know we try to get a cuppa on the way three three o'clock in the afternoon trying to just go get a cuppa and. All the cafes are shut. Like it's afternoon tea time. Leaving Foster. Yeah, I've got to get a dose of customer service. <laughs> I don't know. I need to get out of Foster every now and then to reconnect with people in the real world. Um, yeah. Oh, it's 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 special, Foster. Yeah. I'm going to talk about. Are we moving on? Um. So. Oh. Not quite there yet. Okay. Um. We want to have an open home and um, have good hospitality and that's been something at the beginning of our time in Foster, everything was in our house, the um, this church office, all the meetings, the photocopier, everything was based um, from home and with one newborn that was that was manageable, um, but as the family grew it became more and more difficult with um, sleeping and um, just the busyness and the traffic that was coming through. So um, it was great when Chris decided to move out 
they'd move the church office out and <laughs> relocate. <laughs> because it took pressure off me, I wasn't letting the kids run or hop or jump on the floor because it, Chris was directly underneath. It was not a good setup. But um, yeah, just getting through those early stages um, and working out what's manageable and what's going to work for the long term survival um, has been has been good. And the needs have changed with how many people you can have through your home. We used to have a lot of events at our home in the evenings and the kids just slept through it beautifully. But now that they're getting older, they find it really disturbing and quite stressful. They don't like I still have my women's home group on every Wednesday evening and they don't like Wednesday evenings because they know that there's going to be laughter and noise um, at bedtime and that sort of thing. So I want to um, love them well and manage that well. Um, we had a whole lot of ideas of what we thought um, serving God together in a new town would be like. So there was like a romantic kind of view of what, what, how it was all going to play out. And uh, it's sometimes different to the reality of what it's like on the ground. So um, I thought, man, I'm just going to go there and just be like a missionary. I'm just going like, to be a free agent. I'm going to float around. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to gospel. I'm going to come to church. And um, just gospel chats, blah, blah, blah. In cafes in cafes but they're all shut and um <laughs> but but a lot of the a lot of the kind of grind work early was um setting up a, basically the small business of church like there's so many forms you got to fill out and applications and um um the, the team we had like i was probably the only guy who could work out how to do that stuff quite a young bunch and um I just couldn't believe how much admin I got nailed by and then having quite a small team and deciding to launch publicly um, very swiftly just meant like it was there was just so much stuff to do it was just anyway I was stretched very thin straight away and the kind of coalface stuff that I thought would be fun and strategic just didn't happen and anyway so that was one romance bomb that one for me um, I also thought it'd be nice to be serving side by side together at church. We'll go up the coast, we're like in the gathering, we're like together, side by side. I don't think I talked to Sharon at church for like two years. <laughs> so she's basically the single mum that, you know, come to church. I'm like, hi, how are you going? You got three, you got some kids. Oh, hey. You know, like that. Yep, yeah, so she's more like a single, single mumming it on, um, on Sunday, which, you know, that, that's a bit of a toll because it'd um, be nice to go to the gathering together but Sharon carried a, a lot of the load for getting the kids to and from church and managing the, the chaos of that while I was trying to capitalise on the opportunity to be uh, with people on the Sunday. I'm sure that you can relate. <laughs> um, uh, one of my romantic views was to be socialising with the other young mums and going to cafes and having coffee and all that sort of thing and just having a really social time um, with babies sitting quietly on your knee bouncing but um, the reality again is naps and feedings and screamings and all that sort of thing that just all clashes and makes it hard and yeah a good thing was when we arrived in town because I had a newborn I just joined a mother's group straight away and that was excellent as a way of meeting non-christian women and um, connecting with the community in that way but again um, it was confined to those weekly meetings, pretty much. We, we weren't socialising very much out of that time. Um, how do we recharge and relax? Um, I think part of the key is 
has been working out what recharges each of us and trying to allow each other that time because it's quite different for, for each of us. Me, I need boy time and um, I like to I like to fish and so I have a slight obsession with um, hunting sea beasts and as I figure if I'm killing them I'm not killing people. So um, <laughs> that, that helps me um, <laughs> recharge to get out, um, enjoy God's creation. Uh, Foster's a great place for that. It's Weird coincidence how we ended up in a place like that. It's just, uh, just trying to work that out. And the little boy in the picture doesn't go on those big fishing trips, by the way. Um, we have always worked hard at maintaining a date night. We've found that's really helpful, really important. So Thursday nights we've set aside for each other. Um, and as you can imagine, in the early days, we often went out to a restaurant for dinner and then the kids came along and we often slump on the couch um, and just enjoy the quiet um, on Thursday nights. And we've always made sure that um, we don't eat dinner with the kids that night and we have it later and we try and use a recipe or something, go to a little more effort and take turns in whose turn it is to be responsible for it. But even just knowing, oh, it's Thursday night, like it's been really, really nice um, just reserving that time for each other and the phones are off and um, we're just together and hopefully it's uninterrupted for a couple of hours, yeah. So it's, it's been a really good thing. Our holidays, we, we try to work out what kind of holidays um, refresh us. Having kids is a total game changer for um, my expectations of, of what a holiday is. Um, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's weird, it's just become exhausting, a holiday, because um, I'm not used to being around, around the family all the time, and um, so before I go, before we go away as a family, I, got, I try and get a day or two where I'm just AWOL, by, by myself, fishing, doing whatever, so that I'm ready for the action, for the action of the holiday, and then I probably need a better day to defrag after that. Um, yeah. And it's better to allow that time and encourage that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really worthwhile. <laughs> Sometimes, um, if, if I'm a little cagey, um, Sharon will say to me, you should go fishing. <laughs> and I know that that means I've really not been a pleasant guy. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm thankful to have a wife who um, encourages me to do what is, is going to be good for everyone's safety. Um, no, for my for my sanity, for my sanity. Um, uh, holidays holidays are an important uh, thing for us as a family to recharge and relax. We want to be uh, we want to be fervently serving Jesus like till the end, um, till either He returns or we go to glory. And so we want to make sure the pace that we do our life at is sustainable. So actually, when we do our year planning, the first thing that I put in the um, church calendar is my holidays. I've kind of worked out the ebb and flow of the year as to when um, there's busy ministry seasons and when I'm going to be done. And so we make sure that we get some good time um, there and we've kind of learnt to juggle that. But we've been refining that over the years, so we're getting used to the flow of, of ministry life and that's starting to work well for us. Um, how, how do we stay healthy and fat? Um, I'm pretty... Oh, that's... How'd that get there? Um, how do we stay healthy and fit? Um, so I don't know. It's a work in, work in progress, as you can see, for myself. I, I play soccer on. Um, I play soccer in a local league. Um, 
so I enjoy running around having some fun with the, the boys there that's good for my head to, to um, get some exercise try and go for a couple of runs a week and um, the office is, is far enough about a 40 minute uh, walk from home so I'll try and walk to or from the office um, occasionally it doesn't happen as much as I'd like it to um, we try and we try and uh, make sure we get decent sleep uh, I'm naturally a night owl but my kids aren't and so they get up very early so we, we try and be sensible about what time to go to bed and I really I resist going to bed so much I just don't want to I just am enjoying the quiet and then you think nah for the sake of you know functioning well and being there for the kids you know try and go to bed and when we go to bed we try and go to bed at the same time that's what we, we try and do that together we try and go to bed at the same time to try and make the most of our, our together time Um, well I do the groceries and the food mostly so um, I do try and allow us to eat healthily and um, yeah I think that's really important so we've certainly we've had seasons where we're really low um, low sugar low sugar family and that sort of thing which is has of like reflected really well on the kids and so on but um, it takes planning and effort and there's weeks when it's not so not done so well and then other weeks where it's where it's on track so yeah we try we try I always break out for lunch somewhere and break the rules but I, I have to make the lunches so that he doesn't <coughs> do that yeah I'll take a pack sandwich so uh, Um, somebody asked me the, um, not so long ago how to cope with the demands of ministry um, that ministry places on your husband and so oh, Chris um, asked me what I answered and I said well I don't find it hard because we've got the same mission focus and that's what makes it work that we're both wanting to tell as many people as possible about Jesus and um, help people grow in him so um, I guess that gives me understanding in the workload that is on him and the time that he's out of the home and so on. That um, while he's doing that, I'm serving Jesus as well when I'm caring for the kids because I'm freeing him up to go and do the face-to-face with other people or or the other work that he does. Um, So I'm serving God not only by raising the kids um, when I'm doing it at home but also by allowing him to do it his way. And there's ministry, um, like I have my own ministry roles as well, but I think it's really good for the wives to not think you're, miss- you're not serving Jesus when you're at home. You are. You do a good job of that, darling. Um, yeah, Sharon, Sharon is a great, um, great partner in the gospel. And I th- actually, I think having that common focus and mission is good for our marriage. It's, it's, it centres us, it keeps us... Um, keeps us focused on bigger things than just like us so I think it saves us from getting a bit nitpicky about little who cares about what color some we don't we don't care about that stuff because there's bigger fish to fry there's there's bigger things going on and so I think having that commitment to God's mission actually helps helps our marriage because it it makes us like-minded in things that actually matter Mm. yep we try to do practical things like um pray regularly together and read the Bible and like be in a routine where we're 
having time to do that together. And we've certainly found there's seasons where we're really good at it and seasons where we're not good at it. And there's times where um, the demands of toddlers are really difficult to work around and other times when it's a little easier. So, but, oh, it's so good when we're, when we're doing it. <laughs> it's so good. We, we had to change time recently. We were, we were trying to read the Bible and pray together after brekkie. So in our house, the kids can get up at 6. They can watch telly from between 6.30 and 7. 7 o'clock's brekkie. And then after brekkie, we'd try and sit down and read. And um, kind of after a whole week of pretty much me sending all the kids to their rooms, <laughs> you know, while we're doing the Bible, go to your room, we're trying to read the Bible and pray, blah, blah, blah. Like, and Sharon suggested we maybe try and do it kind of between 6.30 and 7 when they're... Well, that's a cool idea. So that's, um, that's, that's working better for us at the moment. Um, Chris is really good at scheduling in couple time for us. So he, will, he tries hard to um, give us a weekend or a night away every year um, and organise childcare so that we've got our time and um, dates as well. He's like, that's important and it's a really good thing that he organises for us. Uh, we try and communicate uh, well. Um, we tried to sync our diaries but they didn't quite work for us so we do have the occasional, well, probably like every week, week and a half, bit of a diary meeting so just to make sure we, we know what's coming up and we're all on the same page and um, so that's, in terms of communicating, that's been very helpful, scheduling time to, um, you know, compare notes and work out who's going to be where and, and, and juggling um, kind of kid pick up and drop off from school on certain days. So we try and communicate pretty, pretty clearly and often about that. And the other thing uh, that I think really um, helps us in our marriage is that we, we always um, have each other's back. Uh, we, always, um, we always only ever publicly praise each other. Um, and that's actually very easy on my side of the equation. <laughs> Um, Sharon has a much tougher gig on that, but we do, we have each other's back. I know that she's got my back. Um, I've I've got her back, and um, it's it's just very comforting to know. Um, yeah, always got your back. Um, as well, we want to treat each other kindly. Um, I, when we first, I think we were engaged, and we were talking to other couples, and they were talking about the tiredness of. Um, the toddlers and babies and so on and how hard it is to be nice to each other when you're that tired and I remember at the time I was like what that's strange you know but um, it's been a really good just decision to make in marriage to be kind to each other um, like yeah we're the ones that have made those vows to each other and we're the best friends that decided to get married and to just always, like it can be that person that you're close to that you don't treat that well, but it's a good thing. Isn't she lovely? <laughs> um, we talk about, these slides, awesome. It's like really adding value to what we're sharing. It's good, it's good. <laughs> Even put a slash. Um, um, <laughs> So, can I talk just a bit about just the everyday family routine? Um, yeah, uh, just quickly, we, um, so in the afternoons when Chris gets home and the kids get to have daddy's attention, then we have dinner um, and we tend to split up at that stage and I do the bath and pyjamas and all that um, raucous stuff and Chris just 
um, goes to the kitchen because of the introvertedness. Like he enjoys not being in that bathroom with the echoes um, for that period. And I'm, I love it. I'm really, really happy to be doing that with them. So we just naturally divide and share the roles and do the things that um, I guess come more easily. And so many people don't have husbands that clean the kitchen up after dinner so it's absolutely great and then we come together after that and sit and read the bible with the kids before bed so that's a really nice time too so it's just um, something that works well for us we um, try and we limit the kids to just one sporting activity per week out of school just to keep things sane and um, have like lots of park play and that sort of thing but not a heavy hectic um, sporting or social schedule just we like to we find we cope best that way as a family um, we have found that um, using the book one two three magic um, has really helped us um, for disciplining and managing the kids too and, and sometimes in parenting we will um We'll have a, um, a strategy meeting <laughs> to, to deal with, uh, to work out how to deal with um, some of our kids. This one, Cyclone Chloe. Um, the one in at, green. At, at the moment. Oh, she's really hard work at the moment. She'll probably have about 15, 20 tantrums a day, 30, 30 or more. But, but she's very feisty and, and it's, mate, it's just, she's really hard work. So we're trying to, we, we're trying to work out how to, um, effectively parent her and I'm learning that each of my three kids needs me to be kind of like a different kind of dad to each of them they, they need a different kind of um, love and discipline and affection and, and all, that, all that from me I've been trying to just do the one size fits all but um, um, yeah so you could pray for us as we as we work out how to manage, yeah, manage, manage our kids yeah. Hannah on the left there is um, like the little ballerina princessy girl who just loves snuggles and cuddles and quiet attention and that's she's sandwiched between two gigantic personalities so it's really challenging she's in a way she's really easy to care for but um, her needs can be completely unmet if there's so much going on um, so we, we for her love is fingers up and down her arm like she would just she just thinks that is the best thing and um so yeah we have to focus on her and make sure she's not missing out on the stroking <laughs> while the other things are going on uh, scott asked us to talk a little bit about decision making and conflict resolution with decision making um the, the kind of big stuff we actually find um pretty pretty easy we're both fairly like-minded in terms of what's going to be what's going to be best for the kingdom and we'll both just do that so it's kind of the big stuff's actually been quite easy um working out so we've chosen to embrace a certain lifestyle prepared to pay a cost to see jesus name on it so the, the big the big kind of stuff should we should we leave to go to foster it wasn't too too angsty i don't i don't think working that out and um so the big stuff yeah it's, it's pretty easy um uh, one of the one of the decisions that's probably been a bit harder for I, th I think probably for you would be which school the kids go to. Um, like Foster Public Schools, not winning too many awards, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but um, that's that's where most of the families in town send their send their kids, and we want to be there, you know, on mission as missionaries, and 
Uh, so, at, at what at what level do you does your child's education or um, enjoyment of well-being. school well-being? Um, there's some challenges at the school, but um, look, I'm 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 kind of keen for them to be in that public system, but but we're still trying to. I think that's probably been a harder thing for you to. I'm completely on board with it, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's wonderful to have the kids in the public school um, unless, unless serious issues arise where they're suffering um, beyond what I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah, I like knowing there are choices. Um, there's not many choices in the foster area, but there are other public schools and there is a Christian school in Tari. Um, so there are choices, there's options if, um, if, if the need arises. But I, I love having them in the public school and I love the idea of them talking about Jesus in their classes, which they do. And, and the daily kind of decisions, um, to be honest, we don't really care too much about a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I, I, I mean, and I'm serious about that. Yeah, yeah because, we, because we have a common focus, the kind of little things that, that actually they, they seem little to us and so well um, the, the backyard um, to have a space for the kids to be and what kind of fence and where to put the clothesline and steps I like I, I would just say to Sharon do, do you have a do you, uh, do you care about that she's like yeah I say sweet do whatever you want I don't mind <laughs> or if she's like not really I'm not sure. okay well I'll, I'll make calls so we, we try and ask each other, do you, do you actually care about that? Like, really? If you don't, we'll just divvy it up. Will you do it and I'll do it. And um, I'm, I'm surprised at how, we're very different people, um, but I'm surprised at how easy decision-making has, has been for us. And I, I think it's because we have a, there's bigger stuff. You know, like there's people who are um, going to hell without Jesus. So what colour paint? I, that, who cares? Like. And so I'm, I feel very fortunate to have a wife who thinks very similarly to me in those regards. Is that fair? Yep. Um, something that we found helpful and important is when there is something that you want to address with one another to choose the right time um, and do it gently and lovingly. And if there's something that does need to be discussed, um, like we have a... <laughs> We have an, a Sunday afternoon double service usually, and so it goes. There's a four o'clock service and a six o'clock service. So eight thirty on a Sunday night is not the time to raise anything that might need to be discussed. Like choose well. Um, yep, yeah, we also have. A, we've also made a deal with each other um, that, like, I don't want to find out in ten years' time that I've been doing something for ten years that's been driving her crazy. So every now and then, we just open up for a free shot. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so, so, so I say, you know, date night, so am I doing anything that's driving you crazy? Because I don't want to find out in 10 years. And then that's good. If it's, if, if I think it's helpful to be invited to uh, speak. So we try and do that fairly, fairly often and um, that's good. We haven't done it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night. <laughs> That we got a date. date. Date night's not necessarily the time to do it. <laughs> you want it to be nice. Yeah. So it looks like um, we will. <laughs> so am I doing anything? Um, no. That's driving you crazy. 
I know, I know publicly we praise each other, but I, I said you could throw me under the bus and I take a bullet for the team for this, so. He did, he really did say that. No, darling, it's not. Um, oh, why don't we just, let, we've gone on, gone on for long enough, we'll leave it there. And I think, Scott, you, were you keen for Q&A, mate, is it? I was, yeah. Do you, do you just want to have a quick uh, break before we go to Q&A? <laughs> you guys talk to each other about the questions you want to ask these guys. Um, and then uh, only a couple of minutes, and then uh, and then I'll have the mic, and we can uh, go around the room and, and get some questions. Yeah, grab a glass of water. One of the things with the church plan often is you don't have a lot of older older couples around you, and so you are the you are the older couple. Um, you guys were newly married. Like you were fairly newly married, even though you're very mature as a couple, um, you were the new, you're fairly newly married when you went into this church plant. Um, how did you, I get, I guess, get wisdom quickly um, when you've only sort of been married for a couple of years yourself, and often you've got people who are ten years married going through uh, crises, divorce, uh, separation, issues in their marriage. How did how did you deal with it as as new young church planters newly married? Uh, I think we'd, we'd had a couple of families uh, at, at the church at Narrabeen that we really uh, respected in terms of how they'd done their their child raising and parenting, and so um, I was I was pretty keen to pick their brain before we before we left. Thinking of um, Robin, Sue, and Boz, um, so that was good. And we also uh, decided to run some um, some marriage courses. So basically, so we could learn as we go. So we kind of ran it, and then we were participants as well. So that was that was very helpful too. We did that for a couple of years to keep talking about our marriage together. Yep. And I got some other guys who pastoral issues come up. I'd I'd be on the phone to pretty quick. Yep. Great. And they were and they were at Narrabeen, or they were they were just from around the traps. Just from around the traps. Yeah. Sharon. I just wanted to add that it makes you pray hard. It's good. Nailed it. <laughs> I wasn't going to jump in because I'm not a church planter. But I heard a lot of what Chris needs, fishing, time to go by the beach, you know, all that stuff. But we didn't hear much what Sharon needs. and she needs how Chris you... to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have you just married a saint or what? Yeah. <laughs> So how does Sharon, how do you help Sharon take care of herself or, you know, how does it work for you as a couple? I find it really refreshing to, um, I love being at home and I love, um, I love things going well at home. So I love seeing kids potting around, being happy and um, I love a bit of time on my own as well. So this year I've got... um, pretty much a day a week where all the kids are at school or preschool and I can just be home and I'm not scheduling um, specific ministry things on that day just to reserve some time and I love just being able to get something done or have a cuppa in the quiet. I really, really enjoy that and ideally I would get out and walk on the beach every day but that doesn't quite happen much. You asked if, if I did marry a saint. I reckon I did. I reckon I did. 
Um, how has so our kids are almost exactly the same age as yours <coughs> and gender? They are exactly the same gender. Um, <laughs> we've, we're smashed in the morning and can't get out of bed. How have you gone with um, getting up at six thirty to read the Bible and pray? And is that something that Connie had to? Was that a sort of a forced discipline that took after a while? And you know, how's that gone? Our kids are um, very reliably early risers, um, so getting out of bed is actually more pleasant than trying to stay in it. <laughs> so we just want to get up when the action is happening. Um, that's really, I think it's probably taken a while for us to reach that point where of realisation that um, it's much more fun to just be up. And so we're easily up by 6.30. We're up. Yeah. Chloe's been very consistently a 5.30 riser, so she's just creeping past six now, which is a massive blessing. You guys are in a, you guys are in a tough ministry town in, in the sense that I've heard you describe it as sort of a, a city of refuge or a place of refuge where you get a lot of single parents and you get a lot of divorced um you know divorced families sort of in the local area um what's the impact of i guess that environment on you know on your marriage um and how do you um i guess how do you how do you protect you know protect yourself um given that you're often just pouring yourself out into other people's marriages and other people's lives yeah foster's a funny town it's a beautiful place for a holiday and a lot of people retire there but 80% of the kids in town are from broken or blended families. So to be a, a, a nuclear family is a little weird. You know, there's, there's like 2,000 young families, but, but there's not a whole lot of just mum, dad, kids um, together. And so with that comes a whole, whole lot of social um, dynamics at school and stuff that the kids bump up against. And um, how, do, how do we protect our marriage from, mm. from that? I think it's having good time time together and having each other's back like Sharon was saying uh, when Sharon says um, we, we intentionally try and be kind to each other in our marriage I know that sounds like an obvious statement and you maybe think it's a bit cheesy but it's actually what we try and do we intentionally just try and be kind to each other and um, yeah I'm on the receiving end of a lot of kindness so I don't know things are sweet <laughs> but really like just say we be, we be kind to each other and the other side of that too is like when I was in the mother's group I found that I had to not I don't know be careful with how I described my marriage because um, I absolutely loved it and it was irritating to other people to be hearing that when they're in difficult situations and struggling and I guess that's a sensitivity that we've always got to have that um, there is a lot of pain around us and we're so thankful to God that um, things are good for us and we praise him for that. And when you're exposed to the pain of other people's marriage problems and divorces and so on, it, it makes you appreciate one another and it makes you careful to um, avoid things that are happening to other people. And so it's, it has that um, blessing, I suppose, that mm. it teaches you. Uh, you see the carnage... Uh in other people's lives and the fruit of their decisions and 
And uh, we, we, after meeting with the people there, we, we normally just go, oh, let's just keep doing it God's way, eh? <laughs> Spare ourselves that drama. Like, yeah, God's way is good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, what day do you have off, mate? And how and where do you find time as kind of all of you together, given that you're working and kids at school and things? How do you spend time together as five? Yep. Um, so... I, I try and have Tuesdays off. Uh, Monday morning, I'll go to the office early and work. Just you know, work out who I'm going to follow up and get get the week kind of sorted. And I try and knock off about lunchtime Monday, so I don't have any meetings Monday night. So I get a night off followed by a day off, and that's that's really um, that's really working for me well. And also try and um, I also try and be at home um, for a decent chunk before dinner, so I get some good good kid time. Um, so, because not really much of a commute around town, it's pretty easy to get good time with the kids. Like, go to the beach and so we might go to the beach twice a day. It's not like early because the kids are up early. We'll go before they go to school, and um, might even go just before dinner for for a quick one. So we we should get um, patchy good time. But yeah. uh, on my day off, uh, I'll try and um, uh, generally I'll try and get up early and uh, go for a fish. So I normally maybe, on a, if the weather's good and the tide's good and the moon's good and the swell's good and all that, I'll, I'll, um, I'll try and fish for the morning and then I'll come home and just chill out for the Arvo. Yep. Hey, I'm Sharon. Uh, a lot of... Hello. Hey. <laughs> um, a lot of women in church planning situations find the struggle going into like multiple kids, little kids, that shift from external to more intensive ministry hard mm. having had a lot of your 20s being able to do a lot of ministry and then starting with just one little kid what, what's that been like for you have there been things that have helped you in making those adjustments to your role within the whole ministry thing um i think something that made it easy for me was i was really i was a really really clucky young woman and i for a girl i'd always wanted to have babies and be a mum so um, it was always something that I looked forward to and um, and then for my 20s I was teaching so I was surrounded by kids and I was leading youth so I was um, in the teenage environment as well so I just really loved um, stopping all that care for other people's kids and just being able to enjoy my own so I, I really enjoyed um, that season, that change to just caring for my own kids and being in that environment where I'm in mothers' groups and play groups and creches, um, yeah, I've I've liked it a lot. So, um, Chris and Sharon, uh, moving up to Foster, and you had a small group with you. Um, how, do you want to give any hints on how you went about? Um, I guess making friends or friends that are more than um, people you want coming to to church Friend, friendship uh, in terms of relationally um, ho um, yeah off time I guess yeah yeah, yeah um, that's take that takes time that has taken time for me I've got two of my two of my good mates who aren't, aren't believers I, I just really got to know them by fishing I just would stand next to the same guy on the break wall and just talk to him and he'd do the same and then I'd invite him out and I got a little boat come out in the boat and um, then he'd 
like we've got this sweet deal he's like retired and he like he can do stuff so he like fixes my boat and then like we take him out in the boat and say so everyone's happy so i got a good friendship <laughs> with this guy john he's he's um and another young guy tom he used to come to church but there's one of the hardships i suppose he used to be a home group leader and his marriage um you know just disintegrated his his um wife's remarried and he's kind of just started living a very very single life again um he's not coming to church wouldn't call himself a believer and he was probably my best mate in town and that really gutted me um because he'd he'd bailed on jesus he'd bailed on his wife he'd bailed on church and he'd, he'd bailed on me and um and i'm like he's the only normal guy that i've clicked with that i just find his company refreshing um and so yeah for about maybe a year and a half i just tried to keep in, on his radar and he you know palmed me for about you know a year and a half two years but i've cracked him and um we're, we're mates again and um so we start we started fishing again and um but but those those real friendships where you, i find them refreshing they just take a lot of time and effort to invest in and and that's tricky because i don't have heaps and heaps of time um and there's there's kind of more key people i want to be investing bulk time in so for for me it's having that common that common interest that's help help break the ice there Um, aside from that, we just deliberately threw ourselves into social groups when we arrived in Foster to try and make friends like the mother's group and um, swimming lessons and all that. And just, um, I guess, giving time to those people that you're going to be seeing all the time. Someone said to us when our first, um, our son started kindergarten, make an effort with those kindy parents because you're going to go through school with them by your side. And so we did... And um, we've got some, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not intimate friends, but they're people that you stand and chat with every afternoon at the gate and that, they're valuable friendships, yeah, yeah. Chris, you've got a staff team now. Can you tell us um, how did, I guess, adding additional staff to church impact, I guess, how much involved Sharon was in the church? Also, you know, I guess just how you were able to do ministry do more, do less. What's the impact of a staff team? Um, I think as the staff team grew, um, and and the the meetings happened less and less at home, Sharon was probably more out of the loop in terms of the operational decision making kind of stuff. And so I'd just brief her on that and or get her thoughts on stuff before a meeting. That's probably how it's impacted there and I've forgotten the second part of your question yeah uh, when you brought on additional staff staff, yeah so it's helpful to get the practical what what other practical things you know helped Sharon still stay a part of church and direction Um, I think as as church grew Sharon's responsibilities grew as well Sharon kind of looks after our women's our women's ministry and uh, runs a women's women's home group and and I think for about two years you're on creche every week and so it's it's kind of it's, it's changed, but it's 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 evolved to be more more uh, from crash stuff to overseeing the women's ministry. It's probably the growth impact on your ministry, uh, and having a staff team. Um, to me, uh, the staff we've taken on have all either been um, people who hadn't gone to college yet or just finished college. So a lot of the start the staffing we, we took on has involved a lot of training from me too, and actually I quite I quite like that 
and I'm very fortunate at the moment. I work with a with a guy, Dev. Um, he's on the staff, and well, mate, we get on really well. It's like I just I consider that a, a massive blessing. That <laughs> catching up with him's fun. It's good. And how have you how have you sort of <coughs> involved your marriage in their marriages? And you know, is that has that been a part of how you've? No, nah, marriages stuff? are separate, quite distinct. <laughs> yeah, so, so we've, we've, we've tried to keep families. Then I'll yeah, say families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that we get on well as families. We, I mean, we happily bump into each other and catch up and do a little bit of socialising together. Um, the kids are really similar ages, so they spend heaps of time together, and we all get along really well. It's a yeah, really great friendship and support. Yeah, and the good thing about bringing on staff as far as I have seen increased is that it's relieved a lot of his stress. Aside from the natural stress that comes with training um, other people, they've been, they've been absolutely terrific and um, it's relieved the load on him because he was trying to do everything. And so now he's much more able to focus on what he's particularly gifted at and enjoys and they and he can just yeah give the other stuff their responsibility and know that they will care for that so mm. that's been really good we're good for his health and everything hey guys hey um just a quick question about kids your kids and church how, how have you gone about sort of managing that have there been you know, uh, in terms of single mum with also your own responsibilities, I, you know, kind of resonate with that. We've got one of our kids who's just super clingy, doesn't want to be there, and we're trying to figure out how to sort of help him along. So any kind of thoughts about, you know, things that you've done to make it easier for your kids on, on a Sunday, you know, around church? Yep. I've got a couple of little things. We, when, when it's Sunday morning, we say, guess what, kids? It's church day. So we just try and get excited about it, try and... It's church day, you know, how good is that? That's they like get good chocolate day. milk on Sundays. Like, yeah, like we just make Sunday a really good day, like make it a really, just, that's an exciting day of the week. And, um, and my, my, my son Caleb loves going to church because it's probably the only time in his life he's like off the chain in terms of there's food on a table and it's, he's unsupervised. So he's, yeah, like honestly, he just thinks that's the best. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm more happy for him to just go for it mate because it's just I, I don't I want Sunday to be a real positive time for them and uh, for up for them to see that we're like pumped and we're excited about it and that they've kind of thankfully happily all they look forward to it too thank thankfully something that um, we've had to be careful with with Caleb is he's really um, uh, I've said before has a big personality he's really excitable and when there's kids leaping around in a fairly free environment he's the biggest leaper and so on um but something that and so he needs quite consistent discipline and we've had to um talk very um openly with the kids church leaders in what's helpful for him and then for them um and uh he despises craft of any description and we just came to the realisation that every week of his life just about he's given a bible story and then forced to sit down and do craft and they find it difficult to manage him it's like what on earth are we thinking like why are we doing this to this poor kid let's think about let's think outside the square and do something different for him because he's 
he's smart and he's gifted and he's gorgeous, but he hates craft and he's not going to sit and um, enjoy himself or be super cooperative cutting and pasting. Like, it's just not him. And that's a whole lot of the boys in that group. That, so, so, to, so they're trying to do outdoor stuff with them and um, reinforce the Bible verses on the story a different way, which is excellent. So... Said to Caleb two weeks ago, "How was uh, has Kitchish Randy Gaz best ever dad? No craft." <laughs> uh, so and he was telling me about a game they were playing out in the Oval that was, you know, all about a treasure hunt. And I said, "What was the story?" Oh, you know, Jesus, the greatest treasure. That guy who found the treasure in the field, and um, he really just connected with the the action, the actionness of it. So that was that was a good chat you had with those kids, church leaders. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, it sounds like you guys don't have heaps of conflict, which is terrific. Has there been any patches where you've had more conflict than you're used to in your relationship? And could you talk about one? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, well, you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's definitely been patches where there's been... something like I, I'm not going to lie to you right now but this is not a lie uh, I can't think of a time when Sharon has sinned against me like I know that sounds crazy um, I just feel spoiled I'm not I'm not just saying this like I so I, I, I quite I struggle talking about their marriage everyone says oh marriage is hard work isn't it I'm like for 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 me it's not i think that the seasons of more conflict um the probably the closest might be seasons when i've been a bigger grumpy jerk than normal um but it's not really con conflict so i I've, i she's got a tougher gig than i do being married you know like I, i'm just being honest with you i'm not trying to talk it up but i i, I feel weirdly blessed like I've got like maybe I've got like the ultimate gift in marrying well or something it's, it's kind of a shame polygamy's out hey because I could be like smashing it but um <laughs> I, I don't know I, it's probably that not would cause a problem if yeah. it was another <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like we haven't we haven't had conflict we've had seasons where we're really exhausted and seasons where, like um, Chris mentioned before, when Chloe was born, I nearly died, and um, it was stressful. And Chris was really stressed because he he watched, so he had post-traumatic stress syndrome. You know, like there's times when um, things have been difficult, but we haven't had conflict between one another, which is a massive blessing. Yeah. Sorry. 